on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're bringing in Jack Vaughn from Paramount Sports to talk about all types of bets, division, conference, individual awards, and point totals. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Thursday, September 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Locked On NHL, where we'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, this is a little bit of a different episode that we are going to, that I'm going to conduct today. It's really all about betting odds. And we spoke really about betting odds and in individual segments uh, in in different shows a few weeks ago. But now we have, now we have somebody on the show who actually knows way more than I do about anything in relation to betting odds. And that is Jack Bond from Paramount Sports. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is one of the first Locked On episodes I've done this season uh, for an NHL team that was actually pretty good last year. So I'm, I'm finally uh, getting a chance to be optimistic about a team. I've talked about the the Canadians and the Sharks a couple and the Devils a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. So I'm excited to actually get on and, and talk about some some player props and some guys who might actually have some pretty good opportunities to win some trophies and some awards this year. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you once again. So I, w- I want to start off with with division. So Atlant- Atlantic Division has the Florida Panthers plus 200, Toronto 210, and Tampa Bay at 275. I always thought about it as the the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be that that team who are probably going to have kind of like a sprint to the to the through the regular season based on all the pressure that's going with their franchise still not winning a first round series since 2004 kind of like how the Panthers were last year i think we're definitely going to see a different Panthers team this year uh but where who do you see as far as the Atlantic Division champ, champions and who are you most willing to put your money on yeah, you know, it's really interesting. It's, there's a, it seems like there's been a huge disparity in the Atlantic division between regular season success and postseason success. You know, you have the Panthers and, and you have the Maple Leafs who have been putting up points and, and wins all regular season for the last couple of years. And they've been, they've been competitive. And then you have the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins who have obviously been prominent in the postseason for the last uh, decade plus. They're not necessarily winning the division every year. So this year, you know, obviously this is probably one of the the toughest divisions in recent memory in the NHL, uh, this Atlantic division. You know, you've got three teams whose season point totals are projected over 100. And then you've got a fourth team who's at 95 and a half. So obviously a tough division. I would hate to be, you know, the Montreal Canadiens or the the Ottawa Senators this year 
if I had to pick one team that I think could win the division this year, just based on the value, I'd probably go with the Lightning at plus 275. I know that's not going to make very many listeners or viewers mm-hmm. um, happy, but there was so much turnover with the Panthers this offseason. You know, you, you, you lose Mackenzie Weger, you lose Matt, um, Jonathan Huberto, you bring in Matthew Kachuk and, and, and bring in several more and lose several more. It could take them some time to mesh. Now, the, the Panthers do have nine of their first 12 games against non-playoff teams from last season. So maybe it isn't too much of an issue. We, we, we've already talked about the, the regular season success for the, the Maple Leafs and the Panthers the last couple of years and then the struggles in the postseason. All you got to do for this bet is to come out on top at the end of the regular season. I just think that the, the difference between the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, and the and the Lightning, any difference in, in, in competitiveness or how good the team is this year is going to be minuscule. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of simple logic, but if you can get the, the Lightning at plus 275 after the, the recent history of that team, I think that's where the value is. Do I think they're going to win it for sure? No. You know, if, if I did, I think they'd, they'd have higher odds. But I think if you're just looking for some value and, and a team I'd be interested in laying almost three to one odds on, uh, I think I'd go with the Bolts in that one. Mm-hmm. And 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 and, it, and that really for the way I view that is more like a reputation kind of pick for Tampa Bay because the fact that they have been there uh, before, uh, the the point totals have them um, as far as they're over under at one hundred three five, the Panthers at one hundred five five, and the and the Toronto Maple Leafs at one hundred seven point five. So. Over under for those three specifically, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on on all three of those teams. Yeah, you know, if I were betting on the Panthers this year, if I had one team specific future on the Panthers this year, I'd be taking that that 105.5. I mean, that projection after last year with 122 points, I'm, they probably won't replicate 122 points, but a 17 point drop off from 122 points last year to around 105 this year seems pretty steep to me. Um, obviously, you've got a tough division, but if I if I recall correctly, the Panthers played this Atlantic division pretty well last year, especially at home. I mean, they played everybody well at home last year. So, <laughs> you know, I'd take the over on the Panthers there. I, I see no issue in thinking that these three teams are just going to beat up on everybody inside and outside of their own division. You know, they could just be a gauntlet getting through that Atlantic this year, but that's not to say that there's going to be huge point drop-offs for any of these three teams. So if I had to take an over or an under on those point totals, I'd lean towards the over on the Panthers. I'd lean towards the over on the Lightning. I'd probably take the under on 107, 107 and a half for the, for the Leafs. I just have so many questions about the goaltending situation and the defensive situation. You know, we It seems like every year there are one or two stretches of seven to 10, maybe even 15 games where this Leafs team is all of a sudden giving up four, four and a half goals a game. And now that, you know, they've been without Frederick Anderson, but they, they, they switch over goaltenders from last year. Matt Murray is supposed to come in and be some integral part of their goaltending situation this year. I've been watching Matt Murray for the last three or four years. I just don't think he has it. Maybe he played too many games young in his career, you know, early in his career with the Penguins, uh, getting to those cups. But I just don't think he's going to, you know, going to be some saving grace for them this year. And and the defensive group as well, did they really shore it up enough? I don't know. You're, you got an older Jake Muzzin, an older Mark Giordano. Uh, I, I just don't see it. If they're going to keep playing this running gun style of play, you need to have a solid number one goaltender back there. You know, I, I just don't see it. I think I'd take the under there on the Toronto Maple Leafs on at 107 and a half. That's, that's pretty high, in my opinion. 
which means you're definitely going over uh, for Tampa Bay at 103.5 since you said that the chances are you like them to to win the division. Uh, let's yeah. go to com- let's go to conference. Uh, it has the Leafs as the favorite at four at four fifty, which I'm not I'm not ready to to I wouldn't be ready to put something there. But the team that I've been that I think is ready to take that next step as far as possibly even making it to the Stanley Cup final that's not the Florida Panthers is I I, I was thinking the Carolina Hurricanes. I saw them in that top three. Where what are your thoughts about placing a a a bet on Carolina winning the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not placing a bet on a team with Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray as their goaltending duo. Uh, I think it's pre- I think it's like you mentioned a reputation play on on Toronto to be the uh, the Eastern Conference favorites. Um, it, it, the NHL has recently really started to embrace sports betting, and, and Toronto obviously has one of the biggest markets in hockey. So I think that's part of it. I do like the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they are virtually, I hate to say, I hate to use the term, but they're virtually a lock to win that Metro division, in my opinion. I think they're light years ahead of the the New York Rangers, uh, at least as far as the regular season goes. And just my outlook on this this coming season. I mean, Brent Burns and and Max Pacioretty, well, really Brent Burns in particular, he might be past his prime, but that's still a good defenseman. He's, and even if he's, not a great defenseman or, or an elite defenseman anymore. He's not expected to be the number one there. They have they have a Pesci, they have a Brett Pesci, they have a Jacob Slavin. They have you know, talent up and down the defensive group in Carolina, and so he can step in and be a power play specialist, or he can step in and be you know just a fourth or fifth defenseman there. That's a pretty darn good fourth or fifth defenseman, maybe the best in the NHL. And then you've got a Max Pacioretty to come in and be. I mean, he's for sure going to be part of the top six when he's healthy, uh, recovering from the surgery right now. This team has consistent goaltending, at least in the regular season. You know, it seems like they're one of those teams who, at least the way their structure is formed in, in, in the postseason, one bad goal can kind of determine a series for them. With some more veteran presence like those two guys and just another year, Sebastian Ajo and Tebo Teravainen, I, I think they can write that a little bit. I do think they could represent the East uh, in the Stanley Cup. I if, if I had to put money today, on on one team to, to win the Eastern Conference, I'd say it'd probably be Carolina. I mean, plus 650 for what we can all presume is going to be uh, the Metro Division champion. You're, you're not going to get anywhere near those odds uh, come March or April when they're probably seven to ten points up uh, on on their counterparts in the Metro. You know, I'd also be interested in the Pittsburgh Penguins at 12 to one. I just feel like every postseason, as long as they're healthy to an extent, they can make a run. Uh, I, I'd say. You know, if you want to, you could throw a couple of bucks on them at twelve hundred or at plus twelve hundred. You know, hundred bucks wins you a thousand two hundred dollars, or ten dollars wins you one hundred and twenty. That's pretty good odds right there. If I just had to pick kind of a long shot, but yeah, overall, I definitely agree with Carolina. I think they should probably be slight favorites to win the Eastern Conference this year. Uh, so with the Panthers being second in the in those odds, uh, what what <laughs> kind of since it is a Panthers centric show, what? What do you think of the Panthers and and their and their chances? Well, I'll start with this. I am one of the bigger Paul Maurice fans out there. I think he did a fantastic job managing the Jets back in the, kind of the late 2010s when they were really competitive for the Western Conference. And I thought he did the right thing in stepping down last season when it just when apparently he just felt that the locker room wasn't responding to him anymore. He has a stacked roster this year, obviously. Probably the most talented he's ever had. You know, I 
guess the big question mark is whether or not he can lean on Sergei Bobrovsky as the number one, just like Andrew Burnett did last year. You know, Bob had one of his best seasons of his career last year, but he started 53 games, which is obviously the most he's had since 2018, 2019. Back in 2018, 2019, he was only 30 years old. He was kind of in the prime of his career. Can he do that again at 34, especially knowing the inconsistencies he's had in his career as a goaltender? I think it will. I don't think it will be a problem. It's something to monitor. But you know, if you're going down the list of NHL teams and you're kind of pointing out one big X factor or one big question mark, I think that might be the one for the Panthers. But I would also put it, you know, on a scale of severity or you know, level of concern. I think I would put it near a one or a two out of ten. Right? I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. So really, like I said, but aside from Bobrovsky, there's not a ton of question marks on this roster coming into the season. Aaron Ekblad's back. The four group seems to be replenished, if not even better this year. I'm sure we'll get into the big trade from the offseason at some point because I do have some thoughts about Matthew Kachuk this year. Um, you know, Maybe you worry a little bit about the defensive depth with Lucas Carlson and, and Mark Stahl back there. I don't think that's a great you know, bottom two or part of your bottom four. But again, you know, for this team, it all comes down to the postseason. I, 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 was, I was talking to somebody who's a Minnesota Wild fan uh, yesterday, and I, I put those two kind of in the same category, just with the Wild in the Western Conference. This team can put up 100 to 110 to 115 regular season points all they want to, but I don't think the fan base is going to be satisfied until they win at least one, if not two or three playoff series. Uh, so, you know, if I'm just looking at betting on this Panthers team, I feel like it's almost overlooked coming into this season. This team broke records with their offensive performance last year. They put up more goals per game than any team since, like, what, the 1995 Penguins, I believe. It's just that's not what they're going for. They're not going for offensive accolades. They're going for a Stanley Cup, if not an Eastern Conference banner, um, down there at BB&T Arena. So um, if I'm betting this team and and I'm, I'm, more, I'm one of the more conservative bettors you might, you might meet, it just I'm not going to be throwing my money all over the board. I don't have to have a future on every single team going into every year. If I am betting anything, though, I'm taking that over one and 105 and a half points in the regular season. Uh, you just have to prove it to me that you can you can be successful in the postseason before I'm going to start taking the the Eastern Conference or the Stanley Cup odds, uh, you know, preseason. If if they if if they pulled something like the Carolina Hurricanes did uh, in the offseason and picked up two veterans like that, um, you know, maybe. Maybe I'd consider it, but it just seems like they, they're going to have to prove it to me win one or two playoff series before I can start betting on them to win the Stanley Cup. So I'd stick with the over 105 and a half regular season points for now. Yeah, and and 26 years of not winning a, a, a playoff series until ju just recently. And now for the Panthers, it's trying to get out of that second round and go even further than that. So if, if people don't bet on them winning the Eastern Conference, it makes perfect sense for 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 someone who wants to be on the safer side of betting but we're going to continue uh, go ahead well that's right and i wanted i wanted to mention one more thing you know i was looking through the bet online odds today and they have a pretty interesting prop up there um on, on they have odds up there on um who's going to win the president's trophy uh the panthers won it last year i couldn't tell you the last time we had a repeat winner or a back-to-back -back winner of the president's trophy but they're plus 750 to, to win the president's trophy. And if you want to bet with your heart as a Panthers fan, you could take that maybe instead of the over 105 and a half. Um, again, there was a lot of turnover, but it wasn't necessarily bad turnover in the off season. So uh, if you're looking for maybe a longer shot and you're, you're like me and you're a little bit cautious about betting on them to win the cup or the Eastern conference, maybe look at them to win the president's trophy at plus 750. I want to make sure you guys are, are aware of those bets as well. 
A lot of uh, Panther fans have some superstitions about President's Trophy, about the curse. But if they win the President's Trophy again, it's whatever. Just go out and win. Just get out on the ice and just go go win a cup. If they win it. So I, I, I was celebrating when they first won it. Uh, what, staying up to, uh, on the game number 81. But if they win it, it's going to be less of a celebration. It's going to be more business-like for the Panthers when they get to the postseason. So it's not going to be as much of a celebration this time. It's just, hey, get to work and let's and uh, bring the cup uh, to sunrise. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss individual awards and individual point totals uh, for some certain Florida Panthers players. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net and use your mobile device today. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment here on this special edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a it's a betting episode where I have Jack Bond from Paramount Sports here, and Jack. So Hart Trophy. So so the of course the favorites out there are Connor McDavid's of the world, the Austin Matthews, Igor Shosturkin is up there. Alexander Barkov, a twenty-two to one uh, odds to win the heart. the the last the, the last season could have been in contention had it not been for an injury, missing fifteen games. Was at a one hundred and ten point pace for the Panthers and Matthew Kachuk, one hundred four points, forty goals, score fifty to one. Uh, uh, who who do you think is the safest bet to to win the heart, and who would you possibly? Uh, who who would you possibly stay away from uh, to win the to win the heart as well? Yeah, well, if you're just looking uh, league wide at any any possible bet on, on the heart trophy, I don't necessarily say I would stay away from it personally, but I am interested to see Kale McCarr at fourteen to one to win the award. I can't remember the last time I saw a defenseman that high on the heart trophy odds before the season. He's up there between Nikita Kucherov and Kirill Kaprizov. For uh, for the Hart Trophy odds, so that's that's pretty wild to me. I I don't necessarily know that I would bet on him to win the Hart Trophy personally. When you've got a, a Nate McKinnon and a Gabe Landeskog and all the talent that Colorado has, I think that if there's anyone that I would for sure stay away from, it would be McCarr. Um, but even then, I could see the argument for him. Um, you know, somebody who I did I was just kind of actually scrolling through these odds today, and I was really interested to see uh, all the way down at twenty eight to one or plus twenty eight hundred is Jack Eichel of the Vegas Golden Knights is at plus 2,800. There's a couple of reasons why I'm intrigued by that. And I might even, um, you know, make a play on that myself. One, you know, he doesn't have the roster of stars that he might, that he used to, or quote unquote, did for a hot minute in, in Vegas last year with, with Pacioretty and, and all these other guys that were there. But it, doesn't it feel like everybody's expecting the, the the downfall of the Vegas Golden Knights to happen this year, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to compete? You know, they didn't have a single player over a point per game last year. Um, Jonathan Marchessault is, is there is was a top scorer last year and probably 
would be projected to be their top scorer this year, if not for Eichel. And, you know, he's not the the household name that, that a Jack Eichel is. You know, obviously for the Hart Trophy, you've got to get the name recognition out there. You've got to be on a pretty recognizable market, if not a really competitive team. It seems like if this Panthers team can, or excuse me, if this Knights team can kind of overcome whatever this expectation is that they're going to fall apart this year and they can maybe finish first or second in that Pacific division and kind of surprise everybody and beat out Calgary or, or, or Edmonton for the division win or maybe for second. You have to assume Jack Eichel is going to have play a big part in that. You know, we, we, we also have to assume he's healthy coming into this year. But when he is healthy, he's a 40, he's a potential 40 goal scorer. Uh, he, he's going to play top line minutes. He's going to play top power play minutes as well. And, and, you know, really once he started to settle in, I remember watching a national tele, nationally televised game uh, when he made his official return to Vegas last year. And he, I think he took two or three penalties in the first period in that first game back. He didn't look too great, really didn't look too great for his first seven or eight games back in the lineup. And then you look at the rest of the season, and he was almost on a point-per-game pace for a little bit over a point-per-game pace for the last, you know, 20, 25 games of the season. So I, I'm intrigued by that. I do like his odds. I think we've kind of quickly forgotten uh, how talented he is. And as he's still in Vegas, they've got the bright lights. They've got quite a bit of attention uh, every year so far in their franchise's existence. I think he'd be an interesting bet at 28 to one, as well as uh, as well as you know. Kale McCarr, if you really want to bet on a defenseman, I think I'd rather just take his odds to win the Norris, though. He's like he's already got that locked up. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why people might be writing off Jack Eichel because of how, uh, how ugly it, the ending was in Buffalo, being stripped yeah. of the captaincy, the, the options for his back surgery, and then wondering what kind of shape he's going to come in. And Nolan Patrick's not going to play for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Robin Leonard as well. Uh, Mark Stone started the started training camp with a non-contact jersey as well. So, it, it, if we if we see the Vegas Golden Knights compete for a playoff spot and Jack Eichel's like in the middle leading it, most valuable, not not always best player, most valuable about what the difference you make for your team when you're on the ice versus uh, versus not. So, I, I that's actually real. I, I never actually thought about that for Jack Eichel. So, next one is uh, Vesna. Sergey Bobrovsky at twenty-five to one, and Spencer Knight at one hundred to one. I'd say stay away from those those odds uh, for for the Vesna Trophy. Uh, but one one player that maybe I'm maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid a little bit for how he came out of the play, postseason last year. But I really like Jake Ottinger's chances at twenty to one. What do you think about Jake Ottinger's chance, chances of winning the Vesna? And who who else would you would you sprinkle a little money on? Yeah, you know. Um... I, I personally would stay away from the Bobrovsky Vesna odds as well, um, simply because if I remember correctly, the Panthers just signed Knight to a contract extension. They have all the reason in the world to start easing him into more starts. Uh, another reason why, again, we've mentioned it, that's that's a record-breaking offense down there in South Florida that uh, is certainly going to take some attention away from the goaltending. And even if Bobrovsky comes out and has another really solid year, maybe even a better year than last year, I just don't know that he will be the focal point of this Florida Panthers season. And that's not a bad thing. It just means he's, he's probably not going to be in line for that Vesna trophy. Um, you know, as far as a Jake Ottinger bet, I, I like the player. I, th- I think he's awesome. Um, he reminds me though a bit, and maybe this isn't a bad thing, but in terms of betting on the Vesna, I think it, I think it should matter to some folks. He reminds me a little bit of a Thatcher Demko where at least in terms of the national scene, he kind of came out of nowhere last year in the postseason with that performance against Calgary. 
uh, in the first round. But, you, you know, you look at his year last year, he still gave up over two and a half goals per game. You know, he had, his GAA was at 2.53. That's not elite. You know, it's, it's not. Um, I still like him as a player. I just don't. I'm not very optimistic about the Dallas Stars this year. Mm. And and I feel, you know, I, I know for sure that if you're going to be in contention for that Vesna Trophy, not only does your team have to be in contention for the postseason, but you kind of have to be carrying them to postseason contention. Now, this year will obviously be, uh, the, 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 it will be his career high in number of starts. Uh, it will certainly be a career high in the number of shots, you know, shots he faces and everything like that. Uh, I'm, that's somebody I'd probably monitor for the first month to month and a half of the season. And if it looks like this Dallas team might be competing for a postseason spot, maybe he got off to a somewhat slow start, but they're still sticking around in that central division. Then I would look at some odds on him. Uh, we know the way Dallas plays hockey. It's not very exciting, but it certainly it can certainly boost a goaltender's stats. And you're going to have a lot of two to one, three to one, one nothing games down in Texas with those with that team. So uh, I like him uh, as a maybe a midseason pick if you can kind of get it at the right time. I think you would also probably get better odds than 20 to one if you wait to the right time as well. But uh, one guy I've kind of had my eye on for a couple of days, if not a couple of weeks now, is, is Jacob Markstrom over in Calgary. Um, he had an, that absurd number of shutouts last year. Uh, he imp improved on their defense uh, this offseason as well with with Weir coming over and and, you know, shutouts are, are kind of a sexy stat to the national media, right? Uh, even if you, if a goaltender faces 17 shots in a night, um, he's still, he's still credited with the shutout. And, and it's certainly going to, it's going to pile on for a guy like Markstrom. When, when you're facing teams like the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks and the Seattle Kraken night in and night out, and you've got that elite defense in Calgary like he does, I think he can pile up a lot of shutouts uh, again this year. I think he's going to have a low GAA again this year. As long as he stays healthy, I think he's uh, 14 to one or plus 1400. I think he would be uh, my you know, my best value pick for that Vezina Trophy. He also remember he's gets a he was projected to get a ton of starts last year before Daniel Vladar came in and, and played really well at first, and then once he tailed off, Markstrom started to take over the vast majority of those starts. So uh, you see that again this year, and Markstrom's going to be up there with uh, with the rest of them in terms of the most starts among NHL goalies. This next one is the the award where I think that we could have a Florida Panther win, but there are also players in this category that are some of the elite of the elite for this position. And that's the Norris Trophy. I think of all the players who have a chance to win an award, it's Ekblad, but you still have the Kale McCars of the world, the Roman Yossis, Victor Hedman is there. Adam Fox just won one recently. He's been in the conversation for the last few years, but it's been it, it, he's been injury plagued the last two, and that's hurt his his chances. Uh, Charlie McAvoy is going to miss the first two months of the season, so he, I don't I'm not sure about his contingent status for the Norris. Talk about Aaron Ekblad's chances to win the Norris, and who who would you who would you be eyeing for that award? Yeah, you know, this is probably the one award that I will stay off of this year, and I would probably advise others to stay off of completely until maybe you see an injury or something like that happen to one of those top three guys. I, I've just like I don't think I've ever seen a defenseman at 14 to 1 to win the Hart Trophy. I've certainly never seen a guy at plus 150 to win the Norris Trophy like like Kale McCarr is right now. 
I just think, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I've thought all off season and, you know, when I'm looking at these futures off odds, I don't think anybody can upend any of those three guys, the, the McCarr, Yossi and, and Hedman trio for contention this year, simply because those three teams are going to be competitive, Tampa, Colorado and Nashville. Those three guys are going to be the focal points uh, for the most part of their of their defensive group. And they're going to get as much power play time as any other defenseman in the NHL. So um, it's a tough it's a tough award to bet on this year for me, um, simply because you, know, you never want to hope for injuries in, in the NHL. But I think you're going to have to have an injury to one of those three guys and have them miss significant time if you're going to see somebody else sneak in there and, and, and get into contention. Now, if that does happen. Uh, I think Aaron Ekblad would probably be your guy to bet on. So, uh, you know, he was on that. I think he was, he probably should have been considered the Norris Trophy favorite uh, favorite when he went down with his injury last year. I and mean, he was playing probably the best hockey of his life. The Panthers were, were you know, taking over the headlines. Uh, the power play was was elite and it was, still was elite after he left. But, you know, he was, he was certainly a big part of that. And he just seemed like he was making big plays left and right for that team defensively and offensively. So, if you do find a guy, if you do see a guy like a Yossi or a Makar, uh, you know, they, they like to get up on, in, the, in the rush quite a bit. And they're obviously up, you know, up in the rush behind the net, even and up against the boards. If you see one of them go down with an injury, while un as unfortunate as it may be, uh, and you can get Ekblad at maybe 15 to one or even still 12 to one, I think that'd be your guy. Because again, this team is going to keep putting up points or excuse me, putting up goals this year. And Ekblad is going to keep putting up points as long as he's on the ice. I think he's going to be putting up a ton of points this year. So um, you know, I think as the trend grows um, to award defensemen with uh, Norris Trophy awards, so long as they're putting up a ton of points like an Eric Carlson or a Brent Burns or a Roman Yossi, I think Aaron Ekblad has, certainly has a choice on that offense right there. He's uh, He would be you know kind of the best of the rest, in my opinion, outside of those top three in terms of value for the Norris Trophy. Mm. All right, this next one is Jack Adams. And I was a little, to, I'll tell you the truth, I was a little shocked when I saw Paul Maurice up here at plus 1,800 because usually Jack Adams is a team that doesn't have a whole bunch of expectations and they exceed them. And I, this is probably a, a, this is probably something that I would stay away from as far as betting for Paul Maurice to to win the Jack Adams. And it's nothing personal against against uh, against Maurice. I thought that with the circumstances that happened last year with Andrew Brunette, I thought that he should have. I thought that there was a chance for him based on circumstances. But Paul Maurice, an experienced coach, coming to a contending team, I'm not sure whether whether that that results in a Jack Adams award. But I, I, here, here's, here's one thing, here's one name that I actually was thinking of is Bruce Boudreau of the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that they're going to have a better season. Of course, they had a disastrous start last year, firing their GM, uh, Jim Benning, and then Travis Green as well. Insert Bruce Boudreau is, 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 is is that a val a valid pick for the Jack Adams? And if not, where 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 what direction would you go? Yeah, I think both of those guys are valid picks. I think Boudreau is a, is a fun one to follow. He, he's an entertaining guy. Uh, he's obviously in a Canadian market with a with what can be a really exciting team that is is hoping to compete this year and and improve a little bit. You know, just as far as the Canucks go. Um, 
I'm a little bit less optimistic about them this year than maybe some others are. I just don't know that they – I think it's going to be a, a, a fight for, for the fourth spot out of four teams in that Pacific division, right? It's going to be the Oilers, Flames, and Kings at the top three, whatever order it may be in. And then it's a fight between the Canucks and the, and the Golden Knights to probably get that fourth spot and maybe a wild card spot. If Boudreaux has them in maybe third or fourth towards the end of the season, you're absolutely going to see him as a as a nominee possibility uh, for the Jack Adams. I'll tell you what, though, I, 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 if I am making two bets on the Panthers this year, I'll tell you about one of them now and we can get into the other one here in a minute. One of those is, is betting on Paul Maurice to win the Jack Adams at eight to one. I, I've already mentioned okay. I, I love him as a coach. Um, if if he's able to continue or somewhat sustain that offensive output that this Panthers roster was able to put together last year, they're certainly going to keep making headlines and probably be one of the Stanley Cup favorites just in terms of the betting odds. But he's coming into a you know a, a much more stable situation than he had in Winnipeg, and than maybe we expected, right? We, we you know there I don't know what the rumors were down in South Florida, but. A lot of people certainly expected Andrew Burnett to either keep the job or at least be offered a prominent assistant position uh, under whoever the next head coach would be. And now all of a sudden he's gone and it's Paul Maurice's bench to man. And he gets to input whatever game plan he wants, whatever structure he wants. I think as long as this team, I mean, especially if this team wins the Atlantic division against those two, you know, those other juggernauts over there, I think Jack Adams probably should go to Paul Maurice. Again, he's a likable guy, I think, from a fan base perspective. And it seems to be from a player's perspective as well. You know, with these Jack Adams awards, because you're not seeing what these coaches are doing on the ice every night like you are with a Norris Trophy uh, nominee or a or a Hart Trophy nominee. Um, you know, those storylines about each head coach kind of have to write themselves. And, and, and as long as Paul Maurice can kind of keep this boat you know, sailing away like it was all of last regular season, uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a contender, and he's probably going to be in that top three, and he's going to be invited to the awards show. I think he should probably be the favorite over a Jared Bednar. I do think. I mean, just because Colorado is the defending Cup champions, uh, they have probably the most talented team in the NHL already. That's not a knock against Bednar. It's just he has work. He has more to work with. And, and so if I had to pick a guy that uh, or, or a bet that I'd make for the Panthers this year, I have two of them and we'll get into the other one later. But one of them for right now is, is Paul Maurice to win that Jack Adams and, and Boudreaux. You know, again, I'm not as high on the Canucks as as maybe some others are. But if you just look up and down their roster, along with Boudreaux, there's not many guys on that team that I would say could compete for an, an end of season award. Like, I don't think uh, Thatcher Demko is necessarily going to be a Vesna candidate, but if you do like a long shot bet on the Vancouver Canucks this year, I'd say of all those guys, Bruce Boudreaux, the head coach for the Jack Adams, would probably be a pretty good bet. Since you met, since you mentioned, uh, there's another one that you would bet on as far as the Panthers. Let's just get that out of the way. Well, Matthew Kachuk is one of my favorite players to watch in the entire NHL. Uh, bet Online set his goals prop for the season at over or under 33 and a half. I believe those came out today, actually, on Bet Online. And I am going to be taking that over. I'm going to be holding on to that slip in my back pocket, and I'm going to be just waiting for the day to walk up to the to the register, to the window, and cash it. Over 33 and a half goals. For Matthew Kachuk is one of my favorite player props I've found this year. 
Um, last year, he put up 42 goals in Calgary. He's got the exact style of play for a guy who's not going to take any time to get acclimated to his new situation. I don't think he's going to have some kind of down October as he gets new used to new line mates. He's going to do the exact same thing he always did in Calgary. He's going to take off other fan bases and players. He's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be a, a really, really elite five v five, you know, possession player. And you know, frankly, as as far as the power play goes as well, I think he's going to be what they need as a net front presence. The guy has some of the best hands in hockey. He just might not be doing it at the same, you know, sprint speed or skating speed as a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews. He's over there. He's scoring goals between his legs on a, on a nightly basis. I've I've, I've grown up in, in uh, as a Nashville Predators fan, and I live here in Nashville. And last year, he scored a goal between his legs, skating through the slot at about full speed, and he won it, won a game in overtime. He's got all the talent in the world, not only in his own right, but also on the lines around him. I really think. Paul Maurice is going to envision this guy as kind of what kind of the A plus version or the, you know, the better version of what Patrick Hornquist was probably supposed to be. And at times was for the Panthers as that net front presence on the power play. You already had a top five, top three power play in hockey last year with this team. I think you're adding a top five or top three power play specialist to this team. He's going to have all the motivation in the world with a new team as well. Not to mention, given what his old coach Daryl Sutter said about him uh, the other day about not not having a Stanley Cup. He's he's a, he's an emotional player, and and I think he he's one of those guys who can kind of harness that in a positive way. Forty two goals last year. Maybe he doesn't score forty two, but do I think he's going to drop off by nine goals? Absolutely not. He's 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 going to hit thirty five with ease. It's just a question of whether or not he goes over forty. Uh, if I had to make one bet on a on the Panther this year, even before Paul Maurice to win the Jack Adams, I'm going to be taking that, that Matthew Kachuk over 33 and a half goals. I'm taking it straight to the bank. It's one of my favorite player props <laughs> this year. And 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 that being in in at age 24 and just entering his prime, his chances of getting over 33 are you got to feel confident about that. That's for sure. But yeah, absolutely. He's got the he's got the new contract, and and if you're really interested in in uh in betting him or even just betting odds uh, or betting long shots you know, he's five to one or excuse me 50 to one uh, or plus five thousand to win the heart trophy as well and and i know he's gonna have to kind of share the limelight with alexander barkov and, and sam reinhardt and aaron ekblad a little bit but that guy he changes the dynamic of a team and he changes the dynamic of every single game he can flip a game on its head uh whenever whether it's by a goal by goal by scoring a goal by fighting somebody or just by mucking it up after the whistle, he's, he's really one of the most well-rounded players in all of hockey. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun bet, but I think it's the right one. Absolutely, and I ha- I think I have another one that I'm that I'm very that I would be very confident about taking an over or under about. So I'm going to ask you that uh, that next in in the next segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Welcome back to this special edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, a a betting special for, for the show. And Jack, going back to point totals for for the NHL and a player that I looked at, of course, for the Panthers, Alexander Barkov, his over-under for points was 87.5, while he was at a 110-point pace last year. That's the first player I want to talk about. Uh, for that one, I would definitely take the over. But this other player that's not a that's not a Panther in Chris Kreider, 
who had a career career season, his over-under was at 66. What are the chances that he repeats that again? And for me, that's a that's something that I would take the under on. Uh, your thoughts on Barkoff for the Panthers and uh, Chris Kreider for the New York Rangers? Yeah, you know, Barkov, the issue is certainly, or the concern is certainly not talent. Uh, it's certainly not line mates. It's certainly not his role in the offense. It's all about his health. Um, you know, just let's see, he's played one full season. Just looking at his, his uh, career right now, he's played one full season in the NHL so far. He, he came close in 2017, 2018 with 79 games. But other than that, you know, he's missed 15 to 20 games kind of per year with an injury uh, throughout his career. That'd be my only concern. But even then, if, you, if you've got what it was at 87 and a half on his points prop for the year, I think that's what you said. Even then, last year, he missed 15 games and still beat that that over. So um, the only the only other real concern or just kind of thing to monitor, thing to keep an eye on and, and to dig into a little bit, if I were you, before making a bet like that is he, he did have a, a career high in shooting percentage last year. Um, you know, typically, you expect those things, the, the shooting percentages after a big year, after a big stretch of goal scoring, to regress back to whatever their career average is, unless there is some kind of evidence that the player changed his game a little bit. You know, Barkov has a, Barkov has a career shooting percentage of around 14 to 14 and a half percent. And last year, he was scoring, scoring goals on eight over 18 percent of his shots on net. That's a pretty high jump from his career average. It's not insane, but it's pretty high. Um, it seems like he still drove possession and drove the play as well as ever. And, you know, it wasn't some kind of anomaly. But I would expect maybe a little bit, a fewer, you know, a couple fewer goals this year. He had 39 and 67 games last year. That's that's one of the best in the league, uh, you know, aside from Austin Matthews, who, who was just on another level last year. You know, I, I think you might expect a, a couple less goals, maybe down to 35, maybe 33, somewhere around there. But there's nothing to say he's not going to you know, have as many assists this year offensively, right? You know, that, that power play, again, is expected to be just as lethal as it was last year. Uh, he's got equally good, if not better, line mates coming into this season. Uh, I just worry about the goals dropping off just a little bit and regressing back to kind of what his average would be. Um you know, if you can find maybe an over or under on his number of assists, I'd be interested in hearing about that. Um, he's one of those guys, too, where his impact seems to be felt and noticed, um, not just in his points and his point production. He's, he's obviously known as kind of the leader of that team. Uh, he, he's been there for so long. He's kind of brought the Panthers on the map. Uh, he's all every year, year in and year out, he's considered the most underrated player in hockey to the point where this year, He's probably properly rated as a top seven or eight player in hockey. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're interested in Barkov and, and maybe playing a, a season future on him and maybe to even account for for his injuries just a little bit, you can look into him at winning the Hart Trophy at 22 to one rather than maybe that points prop only because I worry about his shooting percentage coming back down to earth just a little bit and potentially missing 10 to 15 games. Um, as far as Kreider, you know, he's a guy that, that I, along with probably most other sports betters, or at least NHL betters who like uh, jumping on these player props, has been eyeing for, for the entire offseason. Uh, what, what did you say his uh, his points prop was at or his goals prop? 60, um, his point total, his point over under was 66.5. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's an under for me. Uh, I don't know about you. I do want to get your thoughts on a guy like Kreider. But that's an under for me. I mean, 26 power play goals last year. He scored 52 goals 
and he was scoring in one on every one in every five shots. Mm-hmm. Um, even before then, he had never put up over. I'm looking through his again his season by season. He had never put up over 55 points in his season mm-hmm. before, let yep. alone 60. So you know he's on a team in the Rangers that I don't think is going to be as good this year as they were last year. Uh, they they didn't really improve the forward group a whole lot this offseason. Yeah, maybe they might go out and get a Patrick Kane, but I'm not going to handicap my my New York Rangers futures on the possibility, you know, on the 10% possibility that they go out and get a Patrick Kane and improve their power play even more. Um, a 20 is 20.2% was his shooting percentage last year. That's just not sustainable, even for a guy who has a career average shooting percentage up near 15%. You're never going to see a 20.2% shooting percentage ever again. Uh, he's obviously a power play specialist. He's not scoring a ton of goals on the on, at 5v5 or any shorthanded goals. In fact, uh, you know he used to be known as one of the fastest skaters in all of hockey. And, and since his injury issues, he's certainly lost a step. Uh, I think he really benefited from that power play unit last year. In fact, he was the majority of the power play unit, quite frankly, outside of Artemi Panarin maybe. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It's certainly an underplay for me. Um, whether he gets off to a slow start or this Rangers power play gets off to a slow start. Either way, he's going to feel the effects of it. And he's obviously not a guy that's going out there putting up 70 assists a year. Uh, he's not much of a, he's not much of a passer. You know, even last year he had only 25 assists to 52 goals. So that's absolutely an under I'd be looking at, you know, it's, it's just not sustainable. It's not realistic. Uh, I think I'd be, t- I think I'd be fading Chris Kreider a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. So a few more before we get out of here. Uh, Calder, uh, really, uh, there all the all the players for the Panthers who would probably uh, compete for the Calder were last year with Spencer Knight and Anton Lindell. Anton Lindell, uh, he he missed a handful of games, and Spencer Knight spent a lot of time in the AHL last year. So Calder contention was never really a thing for the Panthers, and it's going to be the same way likely uh, this year. The, some of the favorites are Mason Tavish and Owen Power. Uh, who who is up there? But what are what are the chances of someone like a Shane Wright who slipped in the draft the first four spots that he could go on on a on a on a tear in year one? Uh, for 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 wanting to prove people wrong about uh, about where he should have been drafted. Yeah, you know that was a that was almost an awkward storyline a little bit after the draft. Uh, he had been just the consensus number one pick for so long that, you know, all of a sudden, a couple of months before the draft, it seemed like he was falling a little bit in draft boards. And, and it was almost like somebody who had the fourth or fifth overall pick was leaking some bad news about him or some, some bad film about him to get him to drop to him or something. Cause he's still just as talented as ever. Uh, and, and obviously with the draft being in, in Montreal, you know, you kind of expected him to be drafted by his hometown team and he gives them that glare from the stage and whatever that drummed up drama was. Uh, but he's sitting at 22 to one right now, plus 2,200. It's an interesting bet. I'll tell you though, the the, the only thing that, that is keeping me from betting on him is the same thing keeping me from betting on, on Matty Beniers to win the Calder Trophy. Uh, it's tough to kind of just compete with your own teammate for media attention uh, every year, uh, especially when you're, when you're probably not gonna be on a very competitive team this year either. Uh, Beniers obviously has higher odds. So if you're just looking on betting on a Kraken player, then Shane Wright might be the guy. You know, he obviously has the motivation um, after everything we, you know, you already mentioned. I just don't know what, I just don't know if I could, if I could 
lock in either of those guys because as soon as Maddie Veneers puts up a three, four point game, Shane Wright might go out and score a hat trick the next night. And, and so you're kind of, you're, you're, these guys are kind of almost playing against each other, playing against yourselves a little bit uh, for, for uh, Calder Trophy contention. You know, at least Beniers, if I remember correctly, got a couple of games of experience in at the NHL level. So, you know, that might be understandable as to why he's got such high odds. But uh, Shane Wright certainly is more recognizable, in, in my opinion, because he's kind of been the talk of hockey draft uh, world for the last couple of years up until, you know, he was drafted. And now it's Connor Bedard. That's the big, that's the next big thing. So um, I'd personally hold off on Shane Wright. I like the storyline. You know, the, that's always the good part about that kind of bet is the storyline is already there. If he comes out this year and puts up 70 to 75 points, then, you know, you'd almost consider him a lock for the top three, if not the top one or two for the Calder Trophy. Uh, you know, a guy I really like is, is Marco Rossi at 14 to one, though, if you want to get some kind of long shot odds. Uh, wild forward who's, who's ultra talented. He's joining a, a lineup and a forward group too that's very flexible uh, and has, has the opportunity to move guys up and down the lineup. Uh, he, he's, you know, he, he's probably going to start on the fourth line there, but their first line center right now is Ryan Hartman. And, and, and so you can, you know, it's not like he going from a fourth line center to a Ryan Hartman is that big of a jump. Um, you know, they lose Kevin Fiala this year on the wing. So, so they're they're probably going to be trying out him, uh, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy, uh, along with these other guys on the wing and the power play uh, for a significant power play time this year as well. You know, the Wild are obviously going to be competitive, I think, for the divi the Central Division, and so you know, there's going to be more eyeballs on him from voters and, and, the, and the the awards voters um, throughout the regular season into February and March when maybe less people are watching the Kraken. And, uh, you know, getting less attention on a Matty Veneers or a Shane Wright or even a, a, an Owen Power in Buffalo or, or a Mason McTavish in Anaheim. You know, Mark, Marco Rossi, if you just look at the odds there for the, the Calder Trophy, everybody in front of him or everybody who has higher odds than him uh, is on a team that I think even Vegas is predicting will miss the playoffs. So that's just something to keep in mind on Rossi. You know, he's got the seventh or eighth highest odds and just about everybody in front of him at least projects to be out of the playoffs. Uh, by late March or, or early April. And if by that point, Marco Rossi can kind of slide up into the top six for Minnesota, his name's certainly going to be up there uh, for, for contention for the Calder. I think if I had to place a bet on one guy to win the Calder this year, it'd probably be Rossi. Yeah, and I'm looking at daily faceoff right now. It, it has Marco Rossi centering Matthew Boldy, a young player, and uh, Freddie Gaudreau there. So uh, Maybe if you see this guy in the top six and 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 seeing the chemistry with another young player on his line, hey, that could definitely increase uh, his, his chances uh, of winning. This this last one is the first coach fired uh, in, in in the NHL, and surprisingly, I saw. I I don't know. I don't. It it has Sheldon Keefe as the favorite, the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He got an extension like two off seasons ago that would probably expire uh, this season. But it, it's it's really a trial and error period still for this core. There's still questions about uh, how John Tavares fits with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well uh, about yeah. living up to his contract. Even though John Tavares's injury right now is not going to last long for Toronto, but I. I as the favorite to be the first coach fired, I'm not really sure. And I think of someone like Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. There's been so much noise all offseason. And I, and I think, and of course, I'm going to emphasize this more because it's a Florida Panthers show. 
Andrew Burnett was brought there for a reason. He has the interim coach experience from his time last year in Florida. It, it, like, it, am I am I crazy for thinking that that Andrew Burnett could get another interim head coach uh, job uh, sooner rather than later? As if Lindy Ruff is the guy that you would be more confident in, or is there someone else? No, you're absolutely not crazy in thinking that. Um, I, in fact, I think if you could get in the head of the Devils front office right now, that's exactly what their logic was in bringing Brunette in. Uh, if I, I actually was talking about this on the Locked On Devils podcast the other day, I think if there was a bet I was going to make on the Devils this year, it's probably on Lindy Ruff to be the first coach fired at plus 750. I mean, you look at the two guys in front of him. Sheldon Keefe is the favorite. I feel like the Leafs have gone through so many head coaches in the last 15 years as if the head coach is the problem. I don't think it's the head coach that's the problem. Now, goaltending, you know, bad goaltending gets coaches fired. That's the, that's the age-old saying. And, and they don't necessarily have a solid goaltending group in Toronto. So I guess I get that. And they're, they've got their sense of urgency. But then you look, Dave Haxtell in Seattle is the next, high, is the next highest um, odds to get fired. I don't see that personally either simply because there's not that sense of sense of urgency to be super competitive this year. They know they're going to be mixing in a Shane Wright and a, and a Matty Veneers to try to get them experience this year. And maybe next offseason is their big offseason. Uh, they obviously they struck out on Nazem Kadri and John Klingberg. So you can't have the highest expectations for them this year uh, in, in Seattle. Lindy Ruff is absolutely a name uh, I'd, I'd be worried about or you know I might be interested in, I guess, if I'm throwing money on it, but maybe worried about if I'm a Devils fan. Uh, he had one other one that I'll bring up in a minute, but Ruff is at plus 750. You know, you, you hit it on the head. They brought in Andrew Burnett for a reason. And Andrew Burnett took that job for a reason. He didn't take that job because he thought Lindy Ruff was going to be around forever. And this Devils team was, you know, gonna it was all shiny coming into the season as if they're going to compete for the lead in the Metro throughout the year. I think he knows that the clock is ticking on Ruff. They obviously have that sense of urgency this year. Uh, you know, with with some of the moves they made in the offseason, yes, they they struck out on Johnny Gaudreau, but that certainly was supposed to be the icing on the cake, not the new core that they were going to build around and be competitive with in a couple of years. Um, you know, it, it's it's not, not in addition to that, too. It, it's one thing to bring in a guy who has head coaching experience like a brunette. It's a completely other a completely different thing to bring in a guy who has very successful head coaching experience, no matter interim or permanent head coach, Andrew Burnett took that Panthers team to, to a president's trophy and to the, the lead in the Eastern Conference last year. So uh, they know what they probably have in him. They might know what they have in Lindy Ruff at this point. Frankly, I don't think Ruff has much left on him. And, and this is one of those teams that, again, they got off to a really slow start last year. And personally, you know, I thought going into this offseason that they were going to mutually agree to part ways or they were going to they were going to terminate Ruff. Uh, but they didn't. And and I guess the players came to bat for him, but the players can only come to bat for a head coach for so long. You, you've seen it throughout the NHL for years. Uh, you know, that, that Devils front office is obviously not afraid of, to make a move. I think if they were going to make a move this year, if they got off to a slow start, it'd be rough to be the first one go. So that's a, that's a good call. Uh, I do like that bet. Another one I'm interested in too is DJ Smith in Ottawa. Oh, kind of a similar okay. situation, but he doesn't have that prominent or at least, re, you know, Recency bias is certainly a thing, but that that well-known uh, assistant coach behind the bench with him. Uh, I just think last year was a year where Ottawa expected to be more competitive than they were, and, and I heard I heard some rumors that Smith had kind of disappointed the the front office and 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 you know 
while the the Ottawa front office has been in kind of in flux and in and in scandals for the last couple of years, they certainly weren't happy with the on ice product, and they they thought about making a change at some point in in the regular season. Uh, he's at sixteen to one as well. Again, they made those big free agent signings in the in the offseason and big trades in the offseason for Debrinket and, and Claude Giroux. They're expecting to be competitive this year, and and if they get off to some kind of slow start again. Um, now that they've invested tens of millions of dollars into these two guys, I, I think DJ Smith could be one of the first ones to go. So I'd, I'd look at that one along with Ruff. I think those are probably very likely one of the first two head coaches fired this year. Mm -hmm. And a different vibe going on in Ottawa uh, now, not only with those on ice moves with, like you said, to bring it Drew, but what's been going on with ownership uh, as well about the transfer of power mm -hmm. there. Uh, the situation with the new uh, downtown arena that they could possibly have as well. And with that is going to come a little bit of heightened expectations for the Ottawa Senators as well. They, I, I, I think they are taking a, a next step, but I'm not sure if it's playoffs, but I, I think they are taking a step. And I'm excited for the – I'm just excited for Kachuk versus Kachuk uh, in the regular season. I'm, I, I think it's, it's going to be a game of uh, grab your popcorn – uh, and and just and just watch these two guys go after each other. I, I at media day I asked Matthew Kachuk about communication with his brother, how much he's going to be uh, chatting up with him uh, before matchups or even throughout the season. And he's like, they're still cheering each other on, but when they're on their ice, they just want to beat each other up. So it, it's it's going to be definitely fun to watch Ottawa. Uh, but definitely now now that you mentioned one of the first coaches and the heightened expectations. DJ Smith is definitely one to to definitely keep an eye on. But Jack, I want to thank you so much for jumping on this uh, special edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you so much for get maybe people can make a little bit of money uh, this season on on their NHL bets. So tell everybody where they can find you online. Yeah, you know this is this is gonna be an awesome hockey season. Uh, I've been waiting for this for months, and now all of a sudden it's crept us crept up on us. Um, you know, each of the last two years, uh, we've been we've landed first overall over at covers.com on their their leaderboard of 40 NHL handicappers. And we're going for the top spot again this year. Uh, we've had a lot of success with it. So, you know, we actually grade our plays on a 10 to 50 unit scale, um, you know, 50 unit being a, a max wager. And we had we had one 50 unit max wager last year uh, in the futures area. And that was on the Coyotes under 69 and a half regular season points. Uh, we also had a Stanley Cup future on the Colorado Avalanche at plus 550. So we had a great year last year. Uh, if you want to get signed up uh, before the season, you'll get a full card of, of preseason uh, futures bets, as well as all of our picks through the Stanley Cup finals for just $797. Give us a visit at ParamountSports.com. Uh, give myself a follow as well as Lee Sterling. My Twitter is, is on the bottom of Paramount NHL. And then Lee Sterling, who oversees the operation here, he's at Paramount Sports. Um, if you want to give us a call and you have questions about betting on hockey or, or, or joining us and, and signing up for a package, give us a call at the office as well. We're, we're, we're a go 24-7. We're happy to answer questions and, and get you signed up. Our office number is 800-400-9741. Uh, that's 800-400-9741. And if I, um, if I leave you guys with anything tonight, it's to make sure you bet. Matthew Kachuk over 33 and a half goals this year. And make sure to also subscribe to the podcast Locked on Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q. Well, they'll be talking about all all prop bets uh, throughout the th throughout the year uh, as well. So, Jack, thank you so much for, for joining the show. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden. We'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for your second listener of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On Experts give you a 30-minute podcast every Monday through Friday on all things National Hockey League. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jack Bond. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Or it's your team every day. <laughs>